Hey, welcome to Marketing on the Moon, the only emerging tech marketing podcast teaching you how to implement the right strategies that actually move the needle and how to navigate your marketing career. From securing a promotion to reducing your customer acquisition costs, because gatekeeping is so last year. I'm your host, Regan Olsey, and I've spent almost 10 years specializing in customer acquisition and demand generation across tech, AI, Web3, and hospitality. But I am so much more than my marketing career, and so are you. So if you're ready to tackle the human side of marketing, stick around. I promise you won't want to miss this. Hey, welcome to another Marketing Bite. I am so excited that you are here. What is a Marketing Bite, you ask? Well, it's a chance for me to get to answer your questions and read your emails, kind of like the advice columns that you used to read back in the day in a newspaper or magazine. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing that right back to you. So if you want to hear my advice on all things marketing or life, career, we talk about everything in between. You never know where the conversation is going to take us. It could take us to skincare. It could take us to pets and life and how to climb the career ladder and promotions and negotiations and honestly, everything in between. So super happy you're here. We are just about to get or we're running on up to Christmas here. You know, we're about 42 days out. Well, when I'm recording it, obviously it's going to hit your desks or your ears in the next couple of weeks here. But while I'm recording it today, I have my Christmas tree all set up. If you're going to tell me that it's far too early, nope, 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 I don't need that negativity. And so you can keep that comment to yourself. But for me, it's almost a little bit late. I love looking at my ornaments. I love setting up the tree. I love getting that rush of nostalgia that comes with the holidays. And it's not about the consumerism. So like you can keep that comment too. Instead, for me, it's about being able to spend time with the people I love it's about being able to make the recipes that I freaking love. I already have all my cookie recipes planned out. I'm going to make these, uh, well, it's not really a cookie, but it's a gluten-free pumpkin whoopie pie. If you're in the U.S., you'll know that Thanksgiving is huge. Ooh, I just hit my cup. Chaos, always a little bit of chaos, but you'll know how Thanksgiving is huge. I make a Thanksgiving dinner every single year. It doesn't matter if I have five people, 10 people, 20 people. I'm always going to make it, and I will always make that recipe along with it. So if you're interested in following along with that journey, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok. But on this podcast, we're going to dive into your email in a second. The big news, though, of the day is, drumroll please, I don't want to make too much noise in the microphone because my editor tells me that I talk and I laugh a little bit too loud in the microphone. Sorry, Mike. Um, so I'm not going to drum. But the big news of the day is I just launched a newsletter. If you don't always have time to sit and listen to me chat on these podcasts, or if you're like, hey, I just want to keep up to date on like what's happening in marketing, what's happening in life, what emails you're getting, what questions you're answering, what I should keep up to date on in the world of emerging tech, that is going to be the newsletter for you. It's going to make you a better marketer, but it's also a lot of fun to write and hopefully a lot of fun to read. So it's called Organized Chaos because who doesn't love a little bit of organized chaos? I also feel like I'm the epitome of organized chaos the dictionary definition, if you will, of organized chaos. And so I'm going to combine the best of both worlds together. And I've launched that newsletter. We've had our first edition go out. If you're not subscribed, please go ahead and do that. But if you need a little bit more convincing, we'll dive right on into today's episode. And without further ado, I'm going to answer one of your emails and hopefully convince you to go and click subscribe on that newsletter. Okay, so today we are talking about stakeholders. You know, I love to talk about stakeholders. I'll never stop talking about stakeholders. But this one is particularly interesting, and I know that a lot of you struggle with it. So here's the email. Dear Regan, I've been in my role as a demand generation manager for about a year now. 
Every week, I have meetings with all of my stakeholders, but they seem so disinterested, it's hard to feel like they really understand how my job impacts theirs. Plus, I need their input. They're all much older than I am. Real talk, that's typically how it goes. And I often feel like a fish out of water in our meetings. What can I do to make sure I am clearly showing how my role is valuable? Thank you with a million yous. Help me, please. Okay, so first off, been in this situation before. You are totally not alone. You feel like you're doing everything you possibly can to get to know your stakeholders, to understand them, but then also to show that you deserve that seat at the table. It sucks that sometimes that's just the way it rolls, right? Like you want that seat to be available and open to you at all times. But unfortunately, especially I have found, sorry, salespeople, but especially with sales teams, you really need to prove your worth before they give you the time of day, which is annoying because they get that time of day, like the door gets open to them within the internal team, no matter what. And I feel like marketers constantly have to fight for it. That is why we have a very dysfunctional but mutually beneficial relationship with our sales team members. I keep hitting this dang glass. Mm. Feeling like a fish out of water is really uncomfortable. But I think one of the biggest things and best things that I ever realized is that I have my own set of knowledge and I am an expert in my own right in the way that they are. And then equally, personalities differ across the board. And so sometimes that disinterest can come across when in reality, someone just doesn't know, right? Like I used to come into meetings and I would use marketing jargon. I would use jargon that my stakeholders really didn't understand and they were just a little nervous to say, hey, I don't get that. And so instead of stopping me and asking me to explain further, they just didn't respond. And they were like, cool, I've talked about it before. I had this one stakeholder who was like, I'm not disinterested in what you're doing. Instead, I just trust you that it's going to be running. And I have so many other things and fires that I need to put out that I assume everything's going to be okay. Now, that's not the way the relationship should go. But remember, don't assume malintent when somebody just may not know, may not have the time, may not have the brain power or the capacity. Now, once we've taken a look at them as a human being, now we can take a look at it from a practical perspective of how can we actually start to work towards a more collaborative working relationship? Because no matter what, even if you're like, oh, you're a total introvert who just doesn't really have a lot of questions for me, or maybe is a little bit nervous about asking questions, or maybe you haven't checked your ego out the door, And so you're not asking these questions when you need to ask me them and you're not contributing to the conversation. You can't just use that as an excuse the whole time. At some point, something's got to give and you're going to need to create that collaborative relationship together. But how do you do that? Well, there are some questions that I would have for you, anonymous person. My first question is, how well do you know them outside of work, right? In order to get that information about their personality, that's what you're going to need to do. You need to understand what is happening outside of work? Now, there are boundaries, right? You don't need to become BFFs with them, but you should at least know one personal fact about them. You should at least know, hey, do they have a roommate? Do they have a spouse, a significant other? Do they have you know, somebody important in their life, a pet, something that you can attach to, something that you can have a conversation with them about? That's going to be a great first step in just establishing that trust. This is why team days happen. This is why team bonding happens. This is why you go out to dinner with your team, because it actually works. And as much as you might hate small talk, you need it. And it doesn't matter what age you are, right? Like, I have made really good and close work friends of all different ages, shapes, sizes, forms, backgrounds, marketing specialties. 
you can form those relationships no matter what age, no matter what time. You just need to approach it and have an open mind. So that's the first question. How well do you know them outside of work? The second question is, how well do you know them inside of work? On a previous episode, I talked about the best piece of advice, but like also the most painful piece of advice I've ever received is you have to empathize. You have to be empathetic. And it's not empathetic to someone's struggles at home because, again, boundaries. We can't take on somebody else's emotional labor as our own. But you need to be able to empathize with the fact that your stakeholders, whether that be revenue leaders, right? If we're talking about someone in marketing in a demand gen role, I'm going to assume that your stakeholder is a revenue leader, other marketers on the team, you know, individual salespeople that you might be working with, the design team, who else? Customer success to an extent. It depends on if your demand generation team is also focused on the entire funnel or if they're just focused on top of funnel. But I digress. So you have a lot of stakeholders to manage. How well do you know their internal struggles within the team? Meaning, who else are they having conversations with? What other kinds of pressure are on them? And how can you help them solve those struggles that are good for the company overall? These are two questions that I can't necessarily answer for you, but it's food for thought. Then, how do they work best? Maybe they just aren't good in meetings, right? Like, I think accommodations are so important for us to remember that not everybody loves a meeting. Not everybody loves a meeting with their camera turned on. Not everybody can have a meeting when they're in the middle of the house and their two kids are home or when they're in the middle of the office and people are loud and having lunch around them. Like it is up to them to create that space for themselves. But it's also up to you to be able to sit there and go, hey, this doesn't seem like the most conducive environment for us. Let's reschedule when it makes more sense. Or let's do this async. You can do a lot without actually being in the same room as somebody or in the same Zoom chat as somebody. So it just depends. If their mind's being pulled a thousand different directions, they're answering emails in the middle of your call, that's not productive. Stop that call. It's not worth your own time. That is a boundary that I would recommend you put into place. The next question that I have for you is, what metrics are you showing them? Right? Like if you're showing them real marketing-specific metrics that maybe don't totally apply to them, i.e. like a click-through rate, a click-through rate is quite interesting. On the demand generation side, you want to know a lot about your email conversions. You want to know about, you know, your A-B testing. You want to know all that. But a sales leader probably isn't going to get deep into the weeds with you. They want to know about pipeline, conversions, and amount of time spent in the funnel. They also want to know how much money they're going to close at the end of the year or at the end of the quarter. As long as your metrics are helping them understand how marketing is helping them work towards the goal, the end goal, whatever is important to them, that's what's going to be important there. And that's how you're going to get their help. That's how you're going to get them invested in conversations with you. That's how you're going to get them to, you know, perk their ears up, actually get involved in the conversation, start to give ideas. I had a situation where I was trying to find new conferences to attend, right? But I was talking about it more from a brand perspective. Well, to be honest, this revenue leader was like, I can't, he couldn't think about anything brand related because he was like, this is a long-term relationship. And honestly, that's something for marketing to handle, which is true to an extent. And so once I flipped it to, okay, this is both a brand play, but then also a pipeline play, conversation changed entirely. I started to speak his language. That's the empathy part that I think all of us can get better at. And finally, the next and the last thing that I would recommend is send email and message updates. Over-communicate. 
The best thing that I ever did was start to implement recaps after every single program and every single campaign that we ran. I put together a template and I floated it by, floated? You know what I mean? I sent it to uh, the revenue leader that I was working very closely with and I said, hey, is this showing you the metrics that you want to see? And he was like, yep, cool. We have conversion information. We have opportunities influence. These were for events. We have pipeline generated. We checked back in on it a couple months down the road. And I got to pull all that together with qualitative and quantitative data along with who on his team attended, right? I gave him a really great recap that showed I knew what I was doing. I had control over it. But then also we were as a team ready and working together towards that end goal, which was bottom line revenue. So that is going to be a hugely important piece for you. If you're not overly communicating, remember it takes somebody upwards of I think 20 different times to hear something before they really understand it. Seven times before they even hear it. You can say something over and over and over again and someone's not going to hear it until it actually applies to them and or is important to them. And so put it in a recap. That way when they say, hey, down the road, do you remember that event that we did? Hey, do you remember that email campaign that we ran? Hey, do you remember that buyback campaign that we ran? You can actually show them, I have that information for you. I put it in the recap email and then you can go back and you can look at it together. So I used to do recap emails. I would also take notes during every single one of our meetings. I have a big thing on women not being the main note takers, but that being said, when it's a meeting that I'm leading and I'm responsible for, I will take the onus to take notes, but I would do follow-ups. I would look at deadlines. I would communicate when a deadline wouldn't be met, why it wouldn't be met, and what we needed to push it to. It's all about that trust. Sometimes you're not going to get them invested, right? They might not have the bubbly personality in the way that you do or that you want them to have. They might not get excited in the same way that you want them to get excited. But what you can do is you can get them invested and you can pique their interest. You just got to know what's interesting to them. You have to market to your sales leaders. Remember that. You are a marketer. You do that to customers all day long. Well, not just flip it around. You're just doing it to another human, right? You're thinking about what is this person concerned with? What problems exist for them? And how am I going to solve that problem? That way, when the time comes to potentially have a promotion, take on a bigger project, just get kudos, your leader is going to know exactly what you've accomplished, how you've accomplished it, and what you're working towards. And I think that is one of the biggest things and honestly one of the most underrated relationships that you can really build because your sales leader is going to be that partner in crime for you your manager yes that one's going to be important too but your manager is honestly going to go to your sales leader most of the time to get feedback on you you want that person to be able to give kick-ass feedback on you and that's how you're going to do it okay that is my quick little blip around how you can actually start to build trust and show your value to any of your stakeholders whether it be on marketing or in sales, right? All of these tips can be applied across the board, but make sure you start to implement them. If you do implement them, send me an email. I want to hear all about it. Emily Rose Delara actually has an awesome, if you know her, she's the host of Web3 and Thrive. She has an awesome recap template. She sends a weekly email, or she used to when she was a cons consultant. Now she's a coach, but she used to send a weekly email to all of her stakeholders and she has the whole thing templatized and ready to roll. She's now a leadership coach. Go and check it out. Go and download that template. See for yourself if it works. I guarantee you it will.
And there you have it. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Marketing on the Moon. If you're feeling the marketing vibes, don't forget to subscribe and then share with all of your marketing friends. But if you're craving even more, I have you covered. Every month, I'm pulling together a rundown of my favorite campaigns from across emerging tech, my top marketing tips, career advice, and a sprinkle of general life musings to give you something to talk about at brunch this weekend. Head over to my LinkedIn to get on the list or just click the link in the description. It's up to you. Okay, and don't forget to tune in next week as we dive deeper into the human side of marketing.